0: Now, did he say overseer or older seer? <laughs> Has a lot of difference, you know that. I want the church to grow a little bit more. Then I'm going to fire that dude, and I'm going to take it over. <laughs> Amen. Yeah. I'm not as old as you think. I got to tell you a few things. when what time am I supposed to quit? <laughs> I don't want to short the guy that's following me in the second sermon. But my wife found gospel truth. I, I I tell a lot of good things in the pulpit, but I never lie in the pulpit. But my wife found a note in a closet. I think it just recently, and I think it was. Dated something like 12 years ago. This is what the note said concerning me. He is so old that when he was born, the Red Sea, the Dead Sea, was just getting sick. <laughs> That's horrible, isn't it? That's terrible. Ah. And I, I, another one. A great friend of mine, who used to be a good friend, <laughs> he's a plastic surgeon. We were working in Mexico, and he was making all those young kids with cleft palates and all looking great. So I went up to him. He wore cowboy boots. And i would tell you his name, but I'm going to wait until after he's gone, and then I'll tell you. I said, Doc, can you do anything with this? He looked at me and he said, I sure can. And have enough left over to make me a pair of boots. (laughs) Before God, that's what he told me. I'm trying to love him. But it's hard. I'm trying to love your pastor, but one day I'm on a fire. I love the people of Lafayette. One, amen, give yourself a hand. One of my favorite cities in all the world, the most compassionate people from your heart, of anywhere that I preach, there's just something about Louisiana that has a compassionate heart. Everybody does. Amen. And we been a part, we, we have walked together so long. I mean, Pastor Todd was just getting out of diapers when I first came here. He <laughs> was just a little kid, it seemed like. But my, what time does. I want to show you in a little bit this message, two purposes. One is to show you what you've been involved with for so long. And the other is to challenge you. I'm always going to challenge you. I am always going to push you. So if you if you want to know what I'm going to preach 10 years from now, I'll be here 10 years from now. It's going to challenge you. I'm going to keep pushing you and keep pushing you because we can be better in our Lord. We can be better. We can be better people, better Christians. We can. The world needs your compassion. Lafayette needs your compassion. So I'm going to push you. And oh, by the way, I don't know who the guy was that took the offering up on this side. But I told him, for the second service, bring a wheelbarrow. <laughs> so even even if it's used in old cement and scarred all up, it doesn't matter. Just roll it down that aisle. I better hush. <laughs> Love you. Thank you so much for being my friend, God's friend. And for helping Mexico. You've been a blessing. I want to. The title of my ma- my message today. Is going to be. What are your mountains? What is your vision? What is your desire? What are you wanting to accomplish? What are you thriving to, to achieve? What is it? that you see on the mountaintop, that you want to climb that mountaintop until you receive whatever is the desire of your heart. Now, if you do not have a goal, you're no more than a dead limb floating down by your tesh, heading for the ocean. From there, only God knows where it's going to go. You need to have a vision. You need to have a goal. You need, I have a goal. I'm asking God for eight more years, eight more years. Put some more wrinkles in this hide. And I think God will give them to me. And on my 90th birthday, I want to stand right here and challenge you from the word of God. Amen. Before I began the message, I want to show you about four or five pictures. And so if they'll show them now, this is a little bit of what you have been involved with. You know which one is me, huh? (laughs) Well, the one that's not me, his name is Victorio. He's an indigenous man doesn't like to see even speak Spanish. When I first went there, he lived in a little one room board, one by twelve by twelve by twelve, with his family and a curtain in the middle of it, and a married son and his family on one side of the curtain on here on the other. They had dirt floor cooked on the outside with open fire. That's victorial. Let me show you what his church looks like now. Leave it, leave it there because his first church I built or we built. I don't like the word I. God's always had a part of it, of me. I built It cost $700 for his first church. One by 12 boards. Dirt floor, tin roof. But that man had a vision. Now you've seen what a vision was. That cost a little bit more than $700. And a thousand people came out to the dedication. This is three weeks ago. A thousand people came to celebrate this church. He told me before we built it, he said, I don't mind what the outside looks like, but I want the the inside to be lujo. Lujo is elegant, the best, luxury. And so we tried to give him that. That's the inside. From a $700 wood church. I don't think your church looks any better than that one right there at Lujo. Okay. See those two ugly guys there? They're both social Indians. So Both social Indians. Both of them have a vision and I'll tell you what it's about during the sermon. So, that's, uh, Jose and Alex, Alejandro. Okay, go, give me another one. That one right there. Remember him in my sermon today. His name is Antonio. So chill Indian. When I first went to his village, there were no roads whatsoever. I rode a horse across the tops of the mountains so high the topsoil had been Uh, washed away throughout the years, and it was so narrow, I got off my horse, held the reins, and walked across that ridge because if it had fallen, I'd still be in the air right now. That's how high we were. I'm going to tell you a little bit more about him. So thank you, gentlemen, for those pictures. I think that's all. Okay, open your Bibles to the 14th chapter. Of the book of Joshua. Joshua 14. Speaking on what is your vision? What is it that you want in life? What is it that you're striving to achieve? 14th chapter, verse 7. This is Joshua speaking, uh, 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 Caleb speaking. I was 40 years old when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Mornea to spy out the land. And I like this. I brought word back to him as it was in my heart. Would to God that the television preachers today would preach what's in their heart and not manipulate the people for just a handful of dollars. I want to hear what God has put into my heart. I want you to hear what God has put in my heart. Nevertheless, my brethren who went up with me made the heart of the people melt with fear. But I followed my Lord. I I followed the Lord my God fully, that's all that I can ask of you is to follow the Lord God with all of your heart, fully, 100% involved in God and in his will. So Moses swore on that day saying, surely the land on which your foot has trodden will be an inheritance to you and to your children forever because you have followed the Lord fully. There's a reward to those who follow the Lord fully. Now, behold, the Lord has let me live just as he spoke 45 years. From the time that he came out of spying the land, 45 years, he lived since the time that i re- resigned from my church pastoring i've going on 45 years in mexico 41 years i'm following the lord with all of my heart he said now behold the lord has let me live just as he spoke these 45 years from the time that the lord spoke his word this word to moses When Israel walked in the wilderness, and now behold, I'm 85 years old today. I'm just barely behind Caleb. Now, I might pass him. I will surpass him because he's not going to get any more older. I am still as strong today as I was in the day that Moses sent me. As my strength was then, so my strength is now for war for going out and coming in. I love verse 12. Now give me this hill country about which the Lord spoke on that day, because you heard about all the reports from the other spies, how big the enemy was, how powerful they were, how we're not able to make it. And so he said, but now I want what God promised me where my foot trod. So Joshua gave him Hebron. Now, again, back to my title. That little thing keeps rolling around. (laughs) Look me eye to eye. Every one of you. Do you have a plan for your life? Do you have a vision? For your life. What is it that you want to achieve? What is that goal that you're pursuing? And if you don't have it, you're like a piece of dead wood floating down the bayou, heading for the ocean, and then from there, who knows? You see, you have no direction. You have nothing. You're just waiting for the next day to dawn. Caleb When he went in to spy the land out, I want you to picture in your mind what he saw was so beautiful. He saw the hill country, and he saw the valleys. He was there 40 days, so he had a lot of time. I can imagine that Caleb thought, now, this side of the hill would make a beautiful place for a a, a nice little house. You see, I know because I've got a hill on my property. Now, my property is not much bigger than your church here, about 50 acres. But I built on the highest hill on that piece of property. And I look out five glass windows in my living area. I look out down that little hill to about a a six-and-a-half-acre pond. And I said, God, I am blessed. I can imagine that Caleb saw areas and he thought the same thing. What a beautiful place it would be to raise my family. He had a vision. And when Moses told him that God's going to give this where you have walked to you for an inheritance, it was, it was, it was absolutely wonderful. It, it's, it's mine but not quite because there was 45 years yet before he would receive it. Doesn't matter how long you, it takes, never give up on what you desire in life. If you give up, you're not even worthy of receiving it to begin with. There will be hard times that will come there will be difficult times that will come. There will be problems that will come. But you have the tenacity that you're going to achieve what God put in your heart in the beginning. You understand it? It's like it's like Jacob. Jacob had gone from his parents back to the motherland To look for a wife. And it it comes to a place. Where there's a well. And all the sheep are there. And they're waiting for somebody. To roll the the stone away. So that they can water the sheep. And so Jacob goes over. And he he just rolls the stone away. He asks about his mother's brother. He asks about how. His welfare was, and they said, Well, look, here comes Rachel now with her sheep because she's a shepherdess. Good. He rolls a stone away, and Rachel brings her sheep up. And my Lord, what he saw almost knocked him to the ground. And I'm not talking about the sheep. No. I mean he saw something that the whole world would like to have a better glimpse of Rachel that shepherdess girl that youngest daughter of Laban with her flock of sheep I'm not going to exaggerate at all I'll tell you what this bible said word for word she was beautiful Form and face. Cool. <laughs> Kinda like Mary Lou. <laughs> now if you go look at Mary Lou, my wife in the wrong way, I'm gonna bend your nose. <laughs> but what what the point is what Jacob saw there. Is what Jacob wanted. Worked seven years and then was cheated out of what he wanted by his father-in-law and given the older daughter. Didn't deter the determination of Jacob. He saw what he thought was the most beautiful girl in the world and he was determined that he was going to have that girl as his wife. Worked 14 years in total for that beautiful girl. Like I said, men, I'll bend your nose. She'll be here after a while. So you just shake her hand and say you look nice. (laughs) But do you get my message? Know what you want. I I would imagine in a congregation like this, there's probably people that don't even know what you want, much less how to pursue it. You need to have a vision. You need to have, whether it's a job, it's a house, 50 acres of land, a new car. In fact, that little boy, boy there, he had a vision of a, of, a, of a white four-wheel drive pickup truck that he could hunt out of and that his dad and granddad could put the fuel in it because it uses a lot of gas. <laughs> he had a vision. Get yourself A vision. Young men, old men, women, get yourself a vision. Pursue it. Pursue it until it's yours. And if you won't do it, you don't deserve it. Now let's go back to those pastors. Victorio had that church. I told you what he lived in. Just one of the poorest of the Poor. So you, you I know how you started. I was here almost in the beginning with you. But he had a vision, Victoria had a vision to preach the gospel of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And when we built that $700 mansion of a church with a dirt floor, I didn't dim his vision. And when I sat and talked with him, he said, look, I want a church. And I'm not caring about what it looks like on the outside. But I want it to be luxury on the inside. Why? It was going to be the house of God. That was his vision. For all of those years, he labored and labored and labored and labored. But guess what? His labor is not It's over, it's not going on, the gorgeous church. Thousand people, killed two bulls, bought a ton of tortillas, more than 2,000 cold drinks to celebrate one day. But what a day it was. He achieved what he had set out for in the very beginning. What is it that you want? What is the mountaintop that you're pursuing? What is it that you're driving for? What is it? Very important. Oh, and by the way, on his way, he won 22 congregations to the Lord, and we built him 22 mission churches. I want to be a preacher. I want to preach the gospel. I want to be a pastor. Well, he has a gorgeous church now in 22 mission churches. Doesn't speak English. Doesn't like Spanish. Doesn't have a big Doesn't know how to drive. Walking from village to village, giving communion to his missions over those mountains. Took him 15 days just to make the rounds. To give them communion and the word of God and encouragement. That's what I call a, a, a completing, completing your desire. Well, there's two more guys there. One of them, those two guys, but side by side, one of them is Jose. When I first met Jose, he lived in a 12 foot by 12 foot little shack out of wood, boards, dirt floor, tin roof, two children cooked on the outside of the house. That's Jose. What's he going to amount to? In my book that I wrote years ago, I heard an American preacher said, you cannot live in an old house, drive an old car, and be a good representative of a child of God. God, I wanted to kill him. But it's hard, it's hard it's not legal for me to begin with. But it's hard to shoot somebody dead on the television. You mess your television up, it's about all you do. Not only has he now has a beautiful church with a balcony as well, but he has twenty four mission churches that we have built. 24 block congreg- block churches for his congregation, but 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 save it. He raised up 35 churches. We just had to take some of his away and give to somebody else because it was more than he could handle. Jose, Jose, Jose raised up 35. Mission churches. We built 35 mission churches for him. You know why? He had one vision. Preach the gospel. Preach the gospel. He too had to walk across those mountains. I got to go on or I'll be two days on this message. Alex Alejandro, he has that gorgeous church in Chenelo. Looks like a castle. You see it way before you get even close to it on the top of the hill. Beautiful, beautiful church. And the other guy, his name is Antonio. He's the one that I rode across the top of the mountain to reach his village. Well, how can a man have a vision or a compassion to preach the gospel when you can't even read? So he decided that he wanted to go to the school in Chinelo. And so he comes in. It's a two-year program. He comes in, and all of a sudden he said, this is not for me. He couldn't read. He couldn't write. So he goes back home. But the vision did not die. The vision did not die. The, the, The professors, our teachers, Said, bring him back. We'll teach him to, to read, write. He has now 24 mission churches apart from his beautiful church. So I know I'm talking to somebody in Lafayette. You've got a bank on every corner and you're saying, ah, we can't do it. Shame on you. Let me take you to Chiapas with me and leave you up in those mountains a little while until you can learn to get a vision, fix yourself on that vision, and don't give up until you achieve it. Amen? Now, there's a lot of mountains, a lot of things you see out in the distance. A lot of things you think, well, I'd like to have that. Be careful because some of those things that you have a vision for, better off that you not get it. You remember the prodigal son? Prodigal son goes in one day and he says to his dad, Dad, I've got a vision. There's a distant country and man what i'm hearing from that country it flows with milk and honey he said give me my half of the inheritance that was a bad vision that he had his father gave him half of the inheritance half for the older son half for for the younger son he goes And everything that he thought he wanted turned out to be bad. Know what your vision is. Be sure and know what you're praying for. Know what you're trying to achieve. Know before you ever head out. Because there are some of these visions that's disaster. And this was one of them. The Bible said he wasted it all. There are consequences in your decisions. Did you hear me? There are consequences in your decision. I drove two days to speak to a young man that I really love. I don't want to step on this thing. I drove two days. I will not tell you the state nor the city. But it's a young man who had a vision of the youth pastor in a different state. His dad was a pastor in a, in a different state. His dad died, and the vision of the son, I'm going to go, and I'm going to take that church to new heights, to new levels. A friend of mine, they called me and said, would you come speak to this pastors got some problems he accomplished what he wanted he took that church to a new level packed out so many young people just i mean fabulous future beautiful congregation but then he got a glimpse of another mountain top another Desire. Another thing that he wanted. That was a secretary. Be careful. There are consequences in your choice. He reached that second mountaintop. He had that secretary. Everything was going wonderful. And then it went Collapsed, lost his church. Thank God he didn't lose his family. I was with him again three weeks ago, talking, praying. I talked to him by by phone. He said, we are now, our family is in desperate situation. Yeah. Be careful what you pursue. Because sometimes what you pursue and what you get is disaster for you. Follow the Lord with all of your heart. Fully follow the Lord. Fully follow him. And know that there are consequences. In every choice you make, there are consequences. Now let's go on back. That prodigal son had a a brother. An older brother. Now, the Bible says, book of Luke, that the youngest son came to his senses. Thank God, because he wasn't thinking well when he went over there. Came to his senses, returned to his father. His father opened his arms, received him with joy, saying, this this son of mine was dead and he's alive had a great big party, killed the fatted calf, made everything special. And the older brother came to him, to his dad, and said, this son of yours, watch this, this son of yours has wasted all of your wealth on a bunch of prostitutes in that distant land. How did he know that? It's a distant land. It wasn't Bro Bridge and Lafayette. It was a distant land. But he got news back, feeding back to him. Be careful of what you accept on the news. Be very careful. We have Fox, CNN, CNBC, what C, 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 whatever letters, We have all of those, and they're feeding you, feeding you, and feeding you, and feeding you. They're not concerned about you. They're working for a company. They're making money for that with all the advertising. Be careful of the news that you think is so true. What time is it now? What time the next service starts? Oh, I got that made. (laughs) I had two pastors I was visiting with, and they were glued to the television, glued to the television. The announcers were saying, it's all over, buy every bit of gold that you can. Take your, 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 your savings and buy gold and buy guns. They drew out $50,000 and bought gold. It was about $20 an ounce. And that wasn't a very good investment. But both of these pastors bought guns. They knew nothing about a gun. They had to take lessons, classes on, on how, they could not have skin a squirrel if they were both pulling the hide at the same time. <laughs> They couldn't pluck the feathers off of a wild duck. They knew nothing about cooking, but they listened to what they heard like the older brother getting the news back that the younger son was blowing his father's inheritance. Well, let me tell you something. That younger son was not blowing his father's wealth. It wasn't his father's wealth he had already given him that was his inheritance he was blowing his own money blowing his own money because the father had already given it to him and when it left his father's hands it was no longer his father it was his legally his inheritance but when you you hear what you want to hear and the older brother wanted to hear all the junk that he could on the, on the, on the on his brother And the older son said to his father, your son, your son has wasted it all on prostitutes. And the father said, your brother was dead and is alive. See, we're family. It doesn't matter what road you take in life. We're still family. We're still father and son. We're still brother and brother. We don't split up because one is doing something wrong. We don't. We are family. We are family. We are family. We are family. I keep seeing pastor looking at his watch. I think I'm going to give him mine. (laughs) Martin Luther King. How many knows Martin Luther King, knows of him? Come on, lift those hands higher than that front seat. How many knows of that great man, Martin Luther King? This is what he said. I've already been to the mountaintop. I've seen the promised land. I may not get there with you, but we as a people shall get to the promised land. That old, old spiritual song, Children of God, just keep on watching. Children of God, keep on marching. Children of God, keep on marching. And one of these days, we shall be home. Powerful. Powerful. Moses was in the plains of Moab, climbed up Mount Nebel to the very top of Mount Pisgah, and God said to Moses, you see all of this land? This is what I promised to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Moses saw the promise of God fulfilled. You keep on marching. Keep that vision before your eyes, and you're going to see what Moses saw, the promises of God fulfilled for you, Fulfill, fulfilled for your people, for you, for your family. Just keep on marching. Don't give up. Keep on marching. This pastor, I want him to come. Keep on marching. I'm going to ask you one question, then he's going to take over. I'm going to give him three minutes. (laughs) How many here, you have a vision for what you want in life. You don't have it now, but you have a vision. I want you to just lift your hand. You know what you want. You know what you want. As Caleb paid the price, are you willing to continue 45 years, but he got what he wanted? Remember that. Keep on keeping on. God bless you, my brother. Thank you. Amen. Hang with me right here just a minute.
1: Those of you that just raised your hand, would you just stand up? As Pastor Larry shared that word, it's not just a message from the Bible. He is 82 years old, and he's still taking the mountain. Amen. He's a living example of not giving up. Amen. And continuing to march on. Yes. And I believe that um, that there's something inside of him that believes in you. Amen. That you can get your mountain, y'all. Yes. Come on. Yes. And so I want you to just stir yourself up, right? Some of you walked Thank in you here Lord. with discouragement. Some of you walked in here, maybe kind of giving up on the dream. But come on, let's dream again. Amen. Come on, let's dream again. Amen. Come on, just close your eyes right there. And I'm going to ask Brother Lord. Larry to pray over you. Just close your eyes right there. Maybe just lift your hands to heaven and just say, Lord, I'm going to keep marching. I'm not giving up. I'm not giving in. I'm going to keep on going. And I'm going to see that vision fulfilled. Thank you, Father God. Brother Larry, why don't you just pray for Pray over us right now. Thank you, my Lord,
0: my Lord, Lord, my Lord. I thank you, Father, that you're able to fulfill our vision. I know, Father, for 45 years, Caleb had some tough times, tough times. But I know that when he was given that mountain, he breathed a great sigh of relief. And the Bible said he drove out the the giants of the land. I pray for these that have lifted up their hand. I know what it's like, Lord, to be struggling. I know I've been there, Father. I have been there struggling, wondering, God, am I going to make it? But God, now 80 some odd years later... I have not failed and you have not failed. And Lord, I'm praying that these people will not fail. Let them, give them the strength to believe. Give them the strength to continue on, Father, in the name of Jesus Christ. Give them their ability to believe even in tough, dark days. To believe is not resting upon their ability but it's resting upon the ability of the one who promised it. Name is our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Thank you, my Lord. John Nichols, so good to see you here with us today. God bless you. Okay, my pastor.
1: Thank you, Lord Jesus. Just one more minute. Just close your eyes with me for just a second. You know, Joshua was able to take his mountain because he had the spirit of God. He had that living water. He had the grace of God on him. You know, whenever you become a Christian, you begin to tap into a strength, a courage, an empowerment that's not natural. It's It's supernatural. True. It's from heaven. And you don't tap into that until you surrender your life to Christ. Amen. As soon as you say, Lord, I need you. Lord, I'm sorry for everything I've done wrong. I'm ready to live for you. As soon as you make that decision, that's when your life changes and you might be here today and God brought you here to hear this message Oh God. because he wants to give you the grace that you need to, to take the mountain speak that's yet before you. So speak if you're to your here today and you say, Todd, speak would you pray for me? I'm not for heart. sure that I'm a Christian, speak but I want to leave here making sure that I'm a believer Thank and you, pray Lord. for me today. Thank I want you me, to just Lord. lift your hand. Just lift it high. Thank you, sir. Thank you, ma'am. Just anybody else. I see your hand right here, ma'am. Just right back here. I see your hand. Just just hold your hand up and say, Lord, that's me. I want to surrender today. Come on. We're going to pray this prayer together. Thank you, ma'am. I see your hand. Just pray that prayer with me. Say, Lord Jesus. Come on, family. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, thank you you. for taking your mountain and taking on the cross, shedding your blood for my sins. I believe you died for me. I believe that I can be forgiven. Hallelujah. And I'm asking you to forgive me. And I'm asking you to strengthen me. I want to be a Christian. I want to live for you. Empower me today to be that Christian that you want me to be. Thank you, Lord, for accepting me into your family today. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen Amen. and amen. 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 Listen, those of you that just raised your hand, there's a card in the pew that says, I made a decision. If you want to, you can just fill that card out. We won't harass you or anything, but we have a gift for you. The only reason why we want you to fill the card out is so we can pray for you by name. Just bring it to the lobby, into the information center, and we want to pray for you. Amen. Yes. Before we go, can we pray for my friend, Chris? He's on the way to the hospital right now. He's been bleeding. He's weak. He needs a touch from heaven. Would you join me right now as we pray for Chris? Father, we lift up Chris to you right now. God, we pray. Lord, you, you cause, Lord, the lady with, Lord, with, with a, a hemorrhage for 12 years to be miraculously healed. Lord, Lord, we pray for Chris today. God, we pray for your deliverance. We pray for your healing. Lord, we pray touch him today and give him a miracle. Thank you, Lord, for going with him and delivering him right now. Now, Lord, may the favor of God, may the blessing of the Lord Lord, be upon the people of God today. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 God bless you. Happy Labor Day weekend. If you need prayer, come this way. If not,
0: be blessed. Have a wonderful day. Amen.